everyone. Okay, this is good. I'm stringing two relatively quick episodes together uh, within a little more than a week, a couple of weeks. Um, no, I have exciting news. Okay, everyone, stop what you're doing, whatever you're doing, uh, which is just listening to this, I guess. And uh, I made a Facebook page. Uh, it's at facebook.com slash T and the B. Obviously, all one word, you know, essentially Tanveb. I guess, now that I think about it, Tanveb, Tandveb. Anyway, um, please go and like it. Um, <laughs> you're going to like it. You're going to go to my Facebook page. You're going to like it, damn it. Uh, yeah, I, um, st- I uh, st- also started a YouTube account. And uh, that the link for that is... So both of these, the links for these are on my website. If you go to thomasinthebible.com, in the right cor- uh, column, there's a little uh, button for each of these. And the reason I'm doing that is I made a little video uh, on YouTube to sort of uh, get my podcast out there. I'm going to try to post it on Reddit, I think, tomorrow and uh, Reddit Atheism. And who knows if it'll – I mean it's a little long. I don't know if it'll grab people's attention enough. I don't know if – it's seven minutes. Hopefully people sit through. I think it's funny, you know. Um, So – and please, I encourage you to give it a try. And then also on there is – uh, I'm going to start doing uh, highlights from my episodes, video highlights. And these are not just like repetitions of my jokes I already made. They Some of them are, but also, um, I mean, everything I do is sort of on the fly, so it's sort of different every time. And I think with video, I can do more kind of, uh, do more stuff that might be a little funnier for some. I'm not going over the entire reading in the videos. I'm just very quickly summing stuff up, giving main points. So... Um, I mean, I know you just can't get enough of me. Um, but actually if you're ever thinking like you're not liking how much, uh, what am I trying to say? If, if going through every word of the Bible ever becomes too much for you, maybe you just switch over to that, you know, or do both or do neither or whatever. I don't care, but I'm just putting it out there. Uh, I'm going to try to, it's I'm pretty much, it's pretty easy for me to do this because I can just listen to my own episodes at work and do a sort of a, and jot some stuff down and do video. So it, it's not going to be that hard for me to do these video versions and they're shorter. Um, and I think it'll be a good way to get more listeners. And also, um, if you ever just want to see some different jokes or remember some funny parts, um, I encourage you to check it out, but, uh, that's optional, but what is not optional? I'm so unfortunately, um, I'm going to be a, a strict parent here. Uh, you got to go to my goddamn Facebook and just, you know, like it. Um, because I think it'll be an easier place for me to link stuff, you know, to put out news, to link videos that come out to, and for you guys to bug me about recording episodes to just sort of keep you and I a little more in contact. Um, I greatly appreciate everybody who's reviewed the 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 podcast on itunes if you haven't i freaking hate your guts and i would just assume you die right now on the spot no i'm just that's an exaggeration die like 10 minutes from now or 15 um get your things together first no i i uh, i really appreciate those who have and if you haven't please do i it it it's the best way to keep if you like this podcast that's the best way to keep it going because whenever i get a review i just get I remember why I do it and get happy about it. And sorry, this is taking so long to get through. But basically, I'm there's sort of this is sort of a new, a new level of content is coming from me now. I'm going to try to be sort of a YouTuber. 
now. And I'm definitely keeping this going too. I'm having a lot of fun right now. And just more and more interest has been coming up and more and more, I've gotten more and more emails, comments, and that's, that's, that's why I'm trying to do more now. Um, I wouldn't do it if, you know, I I thought no one was, was interested. I just kind of hide and go away and not ever talk to anyone again, pretty much. Um, but it seems like somebody's getting something out of this, which I'm really grateful for. So in return for all the freaking countless hours of work I have to do to put up this podcast, please go to my Facebook and like it and I'll be really grateful. Um, facebook.com slash T and the B also on my website. Okay. Sorry. Done with all that. Done with all of that. Uh, reading for today. It's great. Judges nine. And Abimelech, the son of Jeroboam, or Jerobael or something, Jeroboam, we'll call it Jeroboam. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's all, it's all fake, even if it's technically maybe real in that these names refer to real people. I don't care. I don't, that doesn't compel me to pronounce them properly. Uh, Jeroboam went to Sheshem and to his mother's brethren and communed with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Speak, I pray you, in the ears of all the men of Sheshem, whether is better for you, either that all the sons of Jeroboam, which are three score and ten persons, reign over you, or that one reign over you. Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. So this is a cool logical trick. This guy's trying to grab all the power, right? And it's a, it's a cool little trick he does there. He says, Listen, guys, would you rather have 70 assholes ruling, ruling over you or just one asshole? And they're like, wow, that's, hmm, that's a good point, uh, actually. That's why that would be about 170th uh, the amount of assholes, the number of assholes. That's, uh, guys, I think we should, we should think about this. Uh, yeah, well, let's consider this, uh, this man's proposal here. Um, it's a really funny trick because obviously you'd rather have 70 assholes than one because... Like, they could sort of offset each other a bit, maybe keep each other in check. Would you rather be subject to the whims of just one person or or multiple? Like I'd much rather have multiple people. Pretty funny. Um, but I see what he did there. That's nice, nicely done. And his mother's brethren spake of him uh, in the ears of all the men of Sheshem, all these words. And their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech. For they said, he is our brother. And they gave him three score and ten pieces of silver out of the house of Balbereth, wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light persons, which followed him. That's uh, interesting. That must be a, a, a really cool interview process. So uh, so what are your qualifications for this job? Well, uh, I, I really love looking at myself in the mirror and the other day, I stepped on the scale and I weighed 120 pounds. You, sir, are hired. You are both vain and light. You are precisely what we are looking for here. Um, I, I like that. Vain, vain and light persons. Just what you do. Just hire. Like whenever you're trying to ascend to power, you, you find a, a team of very vain and light people. The light pe- part is for, um, I guess, fuel efficiency, I think. I don't know. It's uh, maybe they didn't give him enough pieces of silver. You know, he's like, shit. This is not. This is nowhere near enough silver to hire all the vain people I need. But tell you what, it might be enough for vain and light people. 
Uh, yeah, so that's what that means, I'm sure. I'm positive I have that exactly correct. Um, and he went unto his father's house at Ophrah and slew his brethren, the sons of Jeroboam, being threescore and ten persons upon one stone, notwithstanding uh, yet Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, was left, for he hid himself. And all the men of Sheshem gathered together in all the house of Milo and went and made Abimelech king by the plain of the pillar that was in Sheshem. And when they told it to Jotham, he went and stood in the top of Mount Gerizim and lifted up his voice and cried and said unto them, Hearken unto me, ye men of Sheshem, that God may hearken unto you. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them. And they said unto the olive tree, Reign thou over us? Or, well, or reign thou over it. They offered the offer. Anyway, um, I just want to tell you, so he's starting, uh, so this guy who was left over who wasn't killed, I think, or is it somebody he told? It was told to Jotham. No, it's just another, oh yeah, no, it is the guy who ran away. Okay, the guy who ran away, he went to a mountain and just somehow was talking to everybody. I got to tell you what the notes say here. So he starts t- speaking in this, this fable. And the notes here, I can't remember whose, but some biblical scholar says, and I quote, This is the oldest, and without exception, the best fable or apologue in the world. End quote. I love, only religious people make statements like that. Only religious people. You don't, this is the oldest, and without exception, the best fable in the world. How do you make that statement? Where do where does that come from? I don't understand. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So, first of all, why would he think this is the oldest fable? You don't think there's any, like, any other civilizations before, long before this book might have come out that that even had a single. You think none of them had so much as a single fable? So. Uh, you know, not only that, let, let's keep this in mind too. Going forward, we're hearing, just so you know, we're hearing without exception, the best fable ever, ever. It's not, how do you even, also, how would you even tell something is the best fable? Like, what about, what if there, if, what if I come across a really good fable that has like a different moral, you know, like it's about a different moral lesson that might be pretty much just as just as good, but it's just a different moral. Like, is that, is that not as good? No, this is the best one. Damn it. So yeah, keep in mind going forward, but the olive tree. So the fable so far is, uh, that the, the trees all got together and asked the olive tree to be their King essentially. But the olive tree said unto them, should I leave my fatness wherewith by me, they honor God and man. And go to be promoted over the trees? Uh, oh, trees can't talk. Not the best fable. Your move. Your move. Uh, and the trees said to the fig tree, Come thou and reign over us. So now they're going on the fig tree. Um, oh, also, I gotta say, okay, so, so this, because this is the best fable of all time, guys, I'm gonna do you a little favor and just, I'll try to, try to summarize kind of what it's getting at. Just because I don't want, personally, I don't want to miss out on the best fable of all time ever. And I don't think uh, I want you to either. I care about my audience. 
So all the Ents uh, got together and held Ent Moot and decided that this shitty olive tree should rule over them. And the olive tree said, why would I leave my like oil that men use to honor God and go rule over the other Ents? And, uh, and, and smash Isengard and stuff. And uh, first of all, I don't get it. Why can't he do both? Like, if you're an olive tree and you rule over the trees, do you stop making olives? How does that work? Is that, where's that written? In the words of Peter Falk in, uh, Princess Bride, where is that written? Uh, is this, yeah, I, so... Anyway, okay, sorry. I'll, I'm going to read through more and then say more things. So yeah, so then they go to the fig tree. But the fig tree said unto them, Should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit and go to be promoted over the trees? So same answer pretty much. Um, you know, right now I got to, sorry, I got to stop again. I'm wondering what is involved in tree governance exactly. Like, so let's just assume this idiot fig tree says yes. Then then what is his what are his duties exactly? What does he do? So like, oh, okay. Thank you for accepting our proposal. You're you are king now. So uh just stand uh, kind of over there and be um do be a tree and do tree-like things. And and that's it. And then we'll We'll all be your subjects. We'll be over here, and we'll be trees and and doing tree kind of activities, and uh, and whenever and that's what we'll do until either we get cut down or just die of old age. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. What 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 kind of responsibility is it really to be a leader of trees? Uh, then so what the. Okay, so he he declines. The fig tree declines. Then said the trees under the vine, "Come thou to, unto the vine." So I guess that now they're they're asking grape vines, which I think is a real step down. Uh, the vine, come and reign over us. And the vine said unto them, "Should I leave my wine, which cheereth God and man, and go to be promoted over the trees?" So are we to believe that grapevines get a feeling of pleasure out of getting humans really wasted? I think most grapevines, most grapevines, uh, were they able to talk, would say something like, Hey, hey, assholes, stop. can you stop taking all of my freaking grapes and squashing them all every year, every single year? Can you just, can you not? I kind of... Do you think I grow those? I grow those for me. Those are not, that's not for you. I don't, why do you think that I just grow things? Do I pick things off you and make things out of them and eat, drink them? Do I do that? Do I do that to you? Answer the question. Do I do that? No. So can you stop? Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I should have said something earlier. I, that was surprisingly easy. Um, yeah, I mean, we can still be friends. Anyway, so uh, all the trees said under the bramble, and the bramble I think is like really bad, just so you know, just so you follow what's going on. Come thou and reign over us. And the bramble said unto the trees, if in truth ye anoint me king over you, then come and, he's very shifty, then come and put your trust in my shadow, 
And if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. So uh, that's the end of the greatest fable ever. So the lesson of the best fable of all time, undisputed best, best fable ever, um, is that like if you ask trees to be king, they all don't want to because they're already providing services to men. And so eventually you just have to ask some shitty bramble that just eats trees to be your king, which is not a good king. And uh, now, okay, I'm going to pull a, a bit of 180 here. I think my audio thing is blinking out. I hope the quality's been okay. Anyway, I'm going to pull a bit of a 180 and say, like, maybe there is a good moral here. There could be some wisdom in this. A la, uh, I think it's Socrates, his, like, philosopher king thing where, I don't know, the notion was essentially that people or trees who are most fit to rule usually don't want to because they're wise and they, you know, they're not very confident in, they, they know that they don't know everything, that kind of thing. It takes a dumb person to think they're capable of ruling an entire people, I think. Um, or just an incredibly confident person. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> but anyway, uh, so maybe it has a good moral. I mean, that's, that could be okay. I, don't, I, I would maybe hold my judgment of calling it the best fable of all time. You know, clear like un, clearly the best fable of all time. I, I would probably not say that about it. I would probably say that um, the tortoise and the hare is pretty good. That's pretty solid. That's gotten me out of a lot of jams in life. Um, but even if it's the best one you can think of, uh, it's probably true that you don't know every fable, or even a tiny fraction of every fable. So. Maybe, uh, Mr. Bible Man, maybe re- reserve judgment and have, have a little um, humility in the future. Just a thought. Because I don't really like the part where the trees don't want to do... They don't want to rule because they're serving humans. I, I don't really like that part of it. But okay. Hey, decent fable. I'll grant you that. Decent fable. Okay message. Greatest fable in the history of the time? It's probably not. It's probably not. Okay, anyway, moving on from this. Now, therefore, so this guy is just talking to people, I guess, on top of a mountain or something. Now, therefore, if ye have done truly and sincerely in that ye have made Abimelech king, and if ye have dealt well with Jeroboam and his house, and have done unto him according to the deserving of his hands, parentheses, I always love when there's parentheses in the Bible, I don't know if this means he didn't actually say what's in the parentheses or or what. I'm not sure. For my father fought for you and adventured his life far. Maybe he whispers it like, for my father fought for you and adventured his life far and delivered you out of the hand of Midian. And ye are risen up against my father's house this day and have slain his sons, three score and ten persons upon one stone. I'm not counting, but it was exactly that many. And have made Abimelech the son of his maidservant, king over the men of Sheshem, because he is your brother, end parentheses. So that's sort of a little aside. And he says, If ye have then dealt truly and sincerely with Jeroboam and with his house this day, then rejoice ye in Abimelech, Abimelech, I don't who cares, and let him also rejoice in you. So he's, he's being positive. Um, he's being 
very uh, very gracious. He's like, well, okay. If, I think it's probably false, but <laughs> maybe. Um, it's like a girlfriend saying like, no, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and, and yeah, go, 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 you know, do other women. That's, yeah, no, I'm happy for you. Just go, just do that. You know, you want to, yeah, no, I don't, fine. Yeah, no, have fun, have fun. And then she's actually planning your murder. That's kind of like what that would be. Um, not that I'm speaking from personal experience. I have not yet been murdered. Not yet. Uh, close. But if not, let fire come out from Abimelech and devour the men of Sheshem in the house of Milo. And let fire come out from the men of Sheshem and from the house of... Did I... No, that's... Okay, didn't... Sometimes I think I jumped a line and read the same thing again, but the Bible tends to do that from time to time. And devour Abimelech. And Jotham ran away and fled. <laughs> I, like, I like that image. And went to Beer and dwelt there for the fear of Abimelech, his brother. So I love that. He's like, he's, he has all these bold words, you know. He's like, oh, if you're going to do this and let fire come and devour you. And then he goes, ah, just kind of like, just runs away. He, he doesn't just say he ran away. It said he ran away and fled. Somehow he did both of those things. I don't know. Like, ah, ah. So he's, he's got a lot of strong words until maybe there's a threat of, of retribution. And then he's like, ah, yeah. Okay, when Abimelech had reigned three years over Israel, I just want to say, uh, this verse, that, that, that clause I just read, that is so far one of, if not the best verse I have read in the Bible thus far. It just says what it says, and that's it. There really isn't even much to make fun of, which is rare. Um, it just says that that was the whole verse. When Abimelech had reigned three years over Israel, comma, I can't, can you think of anything to say about that? I can't, uh, it doesn't seem ridiculous to me. That seems reasonable. You know, it's establishing um, that something happened after he reigned three years. Um, uh, yeah, there's nothing, I can't think of a single joke. That's that's fine. That is the first verse. I wholeheartedly approve of, of this verse. Write that down. Judges 9.22, best verse in the Bible thus far, I think. I th I'm pretty sure. Then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Sheshem, and the men of Sheshem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. Mm, yeah, that one was not as good, I'll say. That one, that sort of... The Bible never fails us for long. I usually... <laughs> law of averages. Usually uh, evens out, even if it gets lucky on, uh, on, on one verse every now and then. The, that the cruelty done to the threescore and ten sons of Jeroboam might come, and their blood might be laid upon Abimelech, their brother, which slew them, and upon the men of Sheshem, which aided him in the killing of his brethren. So, uh, did I have a note for that? No, I didn't. Never mind. Fake out. And the men of Sheshem set liars, uh, spelled L-I-E-R-S, maybe leers. I don't know what that means. Layers in wait for him in the top of the mountains. And they robbed all that came that, that way by them. And it was told Abimelech. And he was mad. And Gael, the son of Ebed, came with his brethren and went over to Sheshem. And the men of Sheshem put their confidence in him. 
And they went out into the fields and gathered their vineyards and trod the grapes and made merry and went into the house of their god and did eat and, gr- eat and drink and cursed Abimelech. So this is essentially Gale is like a traitor and he's going over to the other side to kind of spy, I think. I'm pretty sure if I remember from when I read it a couple of days ago. And Gale, the son of Abed, said, Who is Abimelech and who is Sheshem that we should serve him? Is he not the son of Jerobal and Zebul his officer? That's what I heard. That's what I heard anyway. Serve the men of Hamor, the father of Sheshem. For why should we serve him? And would to God this people were under my hand. Then I would remove Abimelech. And he said to Abimelech, Increase thy army and come out. Um, And Abimelech said, "Uh, Now is probably not the best time for me to come out. But maybe in 3,000 years or so, I'm thinking... Like, it's just not, the climate is not good. But I'll bring the army, sure, sure. I'm just not, I'm not ready to come out. The guy's like, what are you talking about? Nothing, what are you talking about? I, nothing, what are you talking about? What are you saying? Why did you say that? Come out? No, me? Gross, no, what? I didn't, what? Did you, what? I can't hear, my ear today is, is what? Yeah, no, army, no, I'm bringing the army. No, I got the army, I'm, I'm bringing the army. Yeah. What, what do you, what? Yeah, so that's, anyway. Uh, thirty. Um, sorry, I've had. Maybe you've noticed I had a little caffeine, and also I'm just trying to get through this reading because it's uh, it's actually pretty good. I won't say it's it's pretty entertaining today. I just it's 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 late for me, and and I sacrifice my well being in order to deliver you this podcast. So um, I'm not gonna make too much of a big deal about it, but. I I'm, I sort of figured the least you can do is go like, you know, like my Facebook page. That would be, that'd be just something. If I were to think of something you could do to sort of pay me back for that, would, I mean, that would probably be that. Um, that or or do a review on iTunes. Both of those things are like the best things you could do. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, unrelated. I'll I'll get back to the Bible. Um, when Zebul, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gale, the son of Ebed. His anger was kindled, and he sent messengers unto Abimelech privily, saying, Behold, Gael the son of Abed and his brethren become to Sheshem, and behold, they fortify the city against thee. Now therefore by night, up by night, thou and the people that is with thee, and lie in wait in the field. And it shall be that in the morning, as soon as the sun is up, thou shalt rise early and set upon the city. And behold, when he and the people that is with him come out against thee, then mayest thou do to them as thou shalt find occasion and Abimelech rose up, and all the people that were with him by night. And they laid wait against Sheshem in four companies. And Gael the son of Abed went out and stood in the entering of the gate in the city. So he's like, he's the traitor, and he's like signaling, like, come on, come on, guys, come on. And Abimelech rose up, and the people that were with him from lying in wait. And when Gael saw the people, he said to Zebul, Behold, there come people down from the... Uh, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Gale was the traitor. I meant Zebul. I apologize if that has confused you. It is actually Zebul who has been the traitor. Sorry. My fault. My fault, everyone. Uh, And when Gale saw the people, he said to Zebul... So Gale's the one who's sort of been tricked. He's like, hey, behold, there's some people at the the top of the mountains. I wonder uh, wonder what they want. Are they friends? I don't know. And Zebul said, Ah, thou seest the shadow of the mountains as if they were men. As if. And Gale spake again and said, uh, <laughs> I see, I think there's some men out there. 
I, sorry, I'll stop paraphrasing. See, there come people down by the middle of the land, and another company come along by the plain of Meunanim. Then said Zebul unto, unto him, and Zebul has had enough of, like, he's, the, 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 the jig is up. Zebul said, Where is now thy mouth, wherewith thou saidst, Who is Abimelech, that we should serve him? Is not this people that thou, is not this the people that thou hast despised? Go out, I pray now, and fight with them. And Gael went out before the men of Sheshem and fought with Abimelech. And Abimelech chased him and fled, and he fled before him. And many were overthrown and wounded, even under the entering of the gate. And Abimelech dwelt at Aramah, and Zebul thrust out Gael and his brethren, that they should not dwell in Sheshem. And it came to pass on the morrow that the people went out under the field, and they told Abimelech, and he took the people and divided them into three companies and laid wait in the field and looked. And behold, the people were come forth out of the city, and he rose up against them and smote them. And Abimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward and stood in the entering of the gate of the city. And the two other companies ran upon all the people that were in the fields and slew them. And Abimelech fought against the city all that day, and he took the city and slew the people that was therein and beat down the city and sowed it with salt. That's a, that's a real dick move right there. It's not enough that you kill an entire people. Sow the city with salt, you know, so nothing grows. That's, that's, that takes, that's, that's a new level of dick that I don't even, I didn't know existed. Because, like, think about people, he probably had to say a while ago, like, hey, guys, um, bring... A shitload of salt. Never mind what it's for. I just, trust me. Um, I know it's going to be kind of an issue and we're all going to be carrying tons of weight and it's trouble. But but this is how committed I am to being a dick. I just bring bring as much salt as you can carry. <coughs> so they had the salt and, and sowed the city with salt. And when the men, all the men of the Tower of Sheshem heard that, they entered into an hold of the house of the god Bareth. They'll probably be safe there. Bareth is a pretty cool god, I've heard. He's pretty he's pretty real. He's he's a he's one of the real ones. He's one of the good ones. And it was told Abimelech that all the men of the tower of Sheshem were gathered together. And Abimelech gat him up to the mount to Mount Zalman, he and all the people that were with him. And Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bough from the trees, and took it and laid it on his shoulder. And said unto the people that were with him, What ye have seen me do, make haste, and do as I have done. And all the people likewise cut down every man his bow, and followed followed Ahol. I'm calling him Ahol now, because I'm sick of his stupid name. And he's kind of an Ahol. And put them to the hold, and set the hold on fire upon them, so that all the men of the Tower of Sheshem died also. About a thousand men and women. Nice. Then went Ahol to Thebes and encamped against Thebes and took it. But there was a strong tower within the city, and thither fled all the men and women and all they of the city and shut it to them and got them up to the top of the tower. And Ahol came unto the tower and fought against it and went hard under the door of the tower and burned it with fire. And a certain woman cast a piece of a millstone upon Ahol's head and all to break his skull. Then he called hastily unto the young man his arm-bearer, and said unto him, Draw thy sword, and slay me, that men say not of me, a woman slew him. And his young man thrust him through, and he died. Hmm. 
<laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, so a woman throws a rock at him and, he, and he's like critically wounded. So he says like, Quick, hey, dude, come can, be, a, be, a, be a bro and, and can you stab me so that people don't say a woman killed me? And uh, yeah, instead they'll say uh, a woman hit you in the head with a rock and then you were so embarrassed you had one of your own men kill you. Problem solved. That's much better. That's a great reputation. I would have just said real loudly like as I was dying because apparently he had enough wherewithal to command someone to – a man to kill him. I would have said like, oh, oh, geez. Did you see that the man up there who threw that rock at me behind that woman who looks like she just threw a rock? Yeah, no, there's this – no, there's this huge guy. He was like 6'5". He had an arm like a Hall of Fame pitcher. He was just – oh, man. That guy, that man up there, I could tell he was a man. He used his penis to throw it. Like that's how I know he was definitely a man. He just – he threw it with all his like testicles. Like he just – I could feel the the manness in the, that – oh, I'm dead by the hand of that huge dude up there behind that woman. Ooh, he got me. Anyway, I'm dead now because I, I think that's what happens when you get hit with a rock. It sort of – you talk for a bit and then you just die. Um. I, I uh, do consult uh, a medical expert for uh, advice on this podcast. So uh, um, that that was – I checked with him on that and it is in fact true. He refused to let me say his name though. And when the men of Israel saw that Abim Ahol, <laughs> that Aholek was dead, they departed every man into his place. <laughs> I love that. So like – so they were they were like in the heat of of killing just man, woman, and child, you know. And they they see a hole dead, and they're like, ah, oh, oh, okay, shit, guys, he's dead. Never, um, hey, never mind, everyone. Uh, uh, a hole's dead, so we're cool now. It's all off. We're just sort of following him, and and he's gone now. So we're good. We're we're good here. Hey, hey, Steve. Um, uh, why don't you bring the family over for dinner sometime? I mean, sorry. Uh. Bring what's what's left of your family over for dinner sometime. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't wait to meet uh, whoever, which whatever new wife you pick up, pick out. Um, yeah, no, bring them over. Bring them over. Yeah, no, a hole's dead. I'm we're we're fine now. This is totally. We're just going back to wherever we were beforehand, right? Okay, all right. Uh, good good war, everyone. Good job. Um, and I'll see you, I'll see y'all. Uh, you know, tomorrow around town. I'll, we'll be around. We'll be in touch. Okay, all right. Thus God rendered the wickedness of Ahol, which he did unto his father, in slaying his 70 brethren. So, yeah, so this was all just a punishment for Ahol. And, uh, oh, oh, and uh, the hundreds of people he slaughtered, apparently, were also somehow at fault. Because, uh, because this was just a punishment for him. Uh, um, a punishment uh, which required mm, hundreds of people to be murdered. So... God is not – I've noticed God is not like a uh, – he he would not – were he a soldier, he wouldn't be like a sniper. You know, he wouldn't – he'd be – he just – he just – like he's a wide spray of bullets. Just blow things up and hope you get whoever you're aiming at. You know, he's not – God's not precise, I've learned. You know, he's – when he needs to punish a-hole, so – He's like, oh, I'm going to devise a punishment, but I'm not very, I'm not going to be very specific about it. Just whatever. Uh, eventually, he'll be punished. But I mean, hundreds are going to die. But that's whatever. The end result is all that matters. Um, 
So yeah, that's that's God for you. He's not 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 very precise. He's not he's not a stickler for the details. He's just sort of like, oh, uh, was was a hole punished? Well, yeah, sure, I, I guess a hole was punished, but I mean, there's there's like children working. No, I'm good. I'm fine. A hole was punished. That's yeah, just stop there. That's all I need to know. I'm done. So that's God. And the final verse of this chapter. And all of the evil of the men of Sheshem did God render upon their heads, and upon them came the curse of Jotham, the son of Jeroboam. So that's the end of that uh, chapter. That was a very long chapter. Um, the next two are not that long. So I'm going to pause and make sure my audio is all figured out, and I'll see you instantly. Okay, hopefully that's taken care of. Um, that was like two days for me, but that was an instant for you. So yeah, chapter 10. And after Abimelech, sorry, after Ahol, there arose to defend Israel Tola, the son of Pua, uh, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar. Excuse me. And he dwelt in Shamir in Mount Ephraim. When is this going to end? We get it. People came and judged Israel. Who cares? It doesn't, it's, it's been, we've had enough, we get the pattern now. We can move on, please, God. Uh, and he judged Israel twenty and three years and died and was buried in Shamir. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> wow. If they're all like that, this I'm. That's never mind. I take it back. That's fine. If you're just gonna say like, ah, he lived twenty years, died. Sure, sure. That's fine. Yeah, I'm, this should be good. And after him arose Jer, a Gileadite, and judged Israel twenty and two years, and he had thirty sons. Thirty sons. I love how the Bible just passes this information off as normal. 30 sons. Yeah, he had about 30 sons. That was totally fine. Uh, that rode 30 ass colts. Hmm. 30 ass colts. And they had 30 cities, which are, he, he liked that number, which are called Havodjer, unto this day, which are in the land of Gilead. All right, well, we're on a roll. And Jer died and was buried in Cammon. Yeah, this is this is great. I, this is all good. I'm completely on, in support of this. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam and Ashtaroth and the gods of Syria and the gods of Zidon and the gods of Moab and the gods of the children of Ammon and the gods of the Philistines and forsook the Lord and served him not. Well, okay. Uh, I, I can tell... Uh, this is probably taking a turn. Things were going pretty well, but um, I'm thinking maybe that our time is, is up. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the children of Ammon. Hmm. I wonder what kind of profit margin we're talking on this sale. I, I think... Actually, I think I'm starting to understand God a little better now. He's like He's kind of like a hedge fund manager when it comes to sin like i think he makes money by trading on the market of the expectation of sinfulness of the israelites if that makes sense like that's probably why he makes all these rules so confusing so that only he can really capitalize on them and and, and profit it's starting to make sense he probably made a killing on this sale that he made of the people to whoever and that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel. And that year, 18 years, all the children of Israel that were on the other side Jordan in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead. Moreover, the children of Ammon 
passed over Jordan to fight also against Judah and against Benjamin uh, and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was sore distressed. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, saying, We have sinned against thee, both because we have forsaken our God and also served Balaam. And the uh, the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Did not I deliver you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites and from the children of Ammon and from the Philistines? The Zidonians also and the Amalekites and the Manites did I oppress you. And ye cried to me, and I delivered you out of their hand. Yet ye have forsaken me and served other gods. Wherefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen, and let them deliver you in in the time of your tribulation. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, We have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good to thee. Deliver us only, we pray thee, this day. And they put away the strange gods from among them. Put put all those, guys, put all those strange gods away. Would you put that away? Put that strange, that god is strange. Put it away. Um, And serve the Lord. Uh, instead of all the strange gods, they served the Lord. And his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. Then the children of Ammon were gathered together and encamped in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled themselves together and encamped in Mizpah. And the people and princes of Gilead said to one another, What man is he that will begin to fight against the children of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. So that's the end of that quick chapter. And I think God was pretty reasonable when he's like, hey, guys, uh, time and time again, I deliver you from your enemies. And you always seem to follow the same pattern of promptly disobeying me. So this time I'm not going to. And the people were like, no, but please, we mean it this time. And God's like, oh, okay. <laughs> he just he folds. <sighs> this is getting a little repetitive. So I feel like I should say something about the reading, but at the same time, I've said everything you can say about this repetitive situation. So I'm just going to move on to the, the final chapter in, the, uh, in, in our reading for today. Chapter 11. Now Jephthah, the Gileadite, was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of an harlot, and Gilead begat Jephthah. And Gilead's wife bare him sons, and his wife's sons grew up, and they thrust out Jephthah, and said unto him, Thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, for thou art the son of a strange woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brethren, and dwelt in the land of Tob, and there were gathered vain men to Jephthah, and went out with him. And it came to pass in the process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. Okay, wait. So, so okay, I don't know if you followed that. So the, basically just introduce this character, Jephthah, who is a bastard son of, of whoever. And the, he was cast away from town. And then... They're at war, and and all of a sudden the people come and are like, "Hey, we need you." And I, why why did they want this guy? How is he significant? Um, I just wonder how the meeting went of the townsfolk. They're like, "Okay, everyone, order. Uh, we're here to elect a captain for the Israelites." Uh, everyone knows we've got this impending war of uh, the Amorites and and uh, or Ammon. Sorry, from from Ammon. The Ammonites, uh, and so I, I, we're here to to listen to nominations for uh, for the captain of our of our army. 
some guy's like, yeah, uh, I'd like to nominate this one guy. I think I remember from like a million years ago. Um, I think his brothers cast him out of town. Uh, I'm not sure if he still exists or what his possible qualifications would be exactly. I just hired. Huh? No, that, that hired. I don't even, that sounds exactly like who we need. I don't even want to hear. I'm guys, lower your hands. I've done no, no more nominations. This is the man. This is the guy we want. We want him. I must, that's hmm, a little confusing to me. I'm not sure how this came about exactly. <clears throat> and Jephtha, Jephtha I, I need to come up with another nickname for this guy, like J-Hole maybe. J-Hole said, well, I don't know that he's an A-Hole yet. Well, he's in the Bible. I'm sure he's an A-Hole. There are very few likable characters in this book. And J-Hole said unto the elders of Gilead, Did ye not hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are you come unto me now when you are in distress? And they said, you know what? That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, why are we wanting this guy? I kind of forgot. And they left. That was the end. No. And the elders of Gilead said unto Jehol, Therefore we turn again to thee now, that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon, and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And Jehol said unto the elders of Gilead, Look, if you... If ye bring me home again to fight against the children of Ammon, and the Lord deliver them before me, shall I be your head? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jehol, The Lord be witness upon us, between us, if we do not so according to thy words. Then Jehol went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and captain over them. And Jehol uttered all his words before the Lord in Mizpah. Jehol must, the people must have been a little confused at this, I think. They're like, who, who, do you know who this guy is that's now the captain of our army? Yeah, no, I think he was some bastard son of some guy like 30 years ago or, or something. I don't know what his connection is, like why he, why he's captain, but, uh, but, but all right. Um, like, I, I'm, okay. I'm sorry to keep harboring on this, but. I'm sure it's not outside the realm of reason to believe that this guy had something about him that would make this make sense. Um, but this perfect book of ours sure as hell isn't telling us what that is. It really, <laughs> the Bible is kind of leaving us uh, out to dry on this one, this particular fact. I'm not, if there is some reason that they wanted him, the, the Bible really is, has not made that clear. And Jehol sent messengers unto the king of the children of Ammon, saying, "What? So now he's he's uh, so he's their captain. Now he's he's sending messengers to the enemy, essentially. What hast thou to do with me that thou art come against me to fight in my land?" And the king of the children of Ammon answered unto the messengers of Jephthah, "Because Israel took away my land when they came up and out of Egypt, uh, from Arnon even back to unto Jabbok and unto Jordan." Now therefore restore these lands again peaceably. And Jehol sent messengers again unto the king uh, of the children of Ammon and said unto him, Thus saith Jehol, Israel took not away the land of Moab, nor the land of the children of Ammon. But when Israel came up from Egypt and walked through the wilderness under the Red Sea and came to Kadesh, then Israel sent messengers unto the king of Edom, saying, let me, I pray thee, pass through thy land. But the king of Edom would not hearken thereto. And in that, and in like manner they sent out unto the king of Moab. But he would not consent. 
and Israel abode in Kadesh. Then they went along through the wilderness and compassed the land of Edom uh, and the land of Moab and came by the east side of the land of Moab and pitched on the other side of Arnon, but came not within the border of Moab for Arnon was the border of Moab. You guys remember all this, I'm sure, from the book of Numbers or something. I think it was. I can't remember. I'm sure you remember this word for word. And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, the king of Heshbon. And Israel said unto him, Let us pass, we pray thee, through thy land into my place. But Sihon trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. But Sihon gathered all his people together and pitched in Jahaz and fought against Israel. Okay, so to sum up, um, there's a little, to sum up, uh, um, basically a J-hole. Uh, so these people are attacking the, whatever people, the Israelites essentially. And so the Israelites elect J-hole, their captain for, I have no idea what reason, no idea. Uh, and then, uh, J-hole sends messages and says like, why are you guys attacking us? And they're like, uh, because you took all our land. And Jehol's like, ah, no, we didn't take your land. And then he offers this really long, confusing explanation about why he didn't take their land, even though I'm pretty sure uh, they took their land. Um, and, and there's a note, there's a Bible. Once again, I always look at these, uh, what these, not always, but a lot of the times I look at what these Bible scholars have to say. And it says, quote, but Sihon, who's the bad guy, the quote unquote bad guy, trusted not Israel to pass through his coast. Um, for fear they should seize upon his dominions and retain them. And the more fearful he might be, as he knew that his people were one of the seven nations of the Canaanites, whose land they were going to possess and whom they were to destroy. End quote. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds like a pretty reasonable excuse to me, actually. I, I think uh, I'm not really on the side of the Israelites on this one. Um, so basically this, this biblical scholar essentially says, like, yeah... Uh, they were afraid that they didn't, the Israelites wanted to cross these people's land and the people said, no, we don't trust you. So they went out and fought them. And now I guess descendants of these people are wanting their land back or something, something like that. And, uh, basically what this guy said was, uh, yeah, of course they're not going to trust you to trot over their land because they were part of the Canaanites who <laughs> you were killing all of. <laughs> so like, I, I'm sort of in their corner on this one, actually, oddly enough. Uh, I think maybe I'm on the side with, with those people. So that's that. And the Lord, God of Israel, delivered Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they smote them. This is still the messenger uh, summing up what's what happened. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country. And they possessed all the coasts. Uh, lost my place. All the coasts of the Amorites, from Arnon even unto Jabbok, and from the wilderness even unto Jordan. So now the Lord God of Israel, of Israel hath dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel. And shouldest thou possess it? So pretty much he's saying that, look, our God willed it that we have your land, so how is it our fault that we now have all your land? Uh, I, riddle me that one. And uh, I think that's a solid argument. I don't think you can refute that. Wilt not thou possess that which Shemosh, thy God, giveth thee to possess? So whomsoever the Lord our God shall drive out from before us, uh, them we will possess. Um, and that was a very interesting sentence. So basically he said, look, if we were talking about your God 
and your God delivered you some land, uh, you'd hang on to that land. So uh, our God delivered us your land, so we're going to hang on to that land. That's essentially what he said. And uh, I don't know how you argue with that. I think that's a, a very poor way to do diplomacy. Um, and uh, that's, I think that's somewhat relevant today in, in this day and age. Uh, when you have a God that you think is the best, that is the only true God, you're going to think that since God endorses your nation, anything your nation does is God's will and is therefore correct. So it's sort of circular. You basically circular logic yourself into thinking anything you do is right. So therefore, like, why would anyone ever complain about you? And that's not a very good way to do business, I don't think. That's pretty... Uh, it's not very friendly. It's not very. Doesn't. Doesn't. It's not. Not. Not good for the world. I don't think. And now, art thou anything better than Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever strike against Israel, or did he ever fight against them? When Israel dwelt in Heshbon and her towns, and in Arur and her towns, and in all the cities that be along the coasts of Arnon, three hundred years. Why therefore did ye not recover them within that time? Uh, so then he, I'm, I'm summing this up because it is a little confusing. He essentially, then he said like, look, you've had many great warrior Kings since then. Why didn't you come take the land back? You know, why now? I guess is another argument. Wherefore I have not sinned against thee, but thou doest me wrong to war against me. The Lord, the judge be judged this day between the children of Israel and the children of Ammon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jehol, you're right. You're just the victim in all this. Freaking dick. Yeah, it's, it's, oh man, poor J-Hole. I feel bad for you. And I love him saying like, well, let, let God be the judge. That's essentially saying like, whoever wins the battle was right. <laughs> Which is a, another great way of solving arguments, you know. Well, whoever wins this fight, they were the right people. They had it right the whole time. It's good. It's great. Howbeit the king of the children of Ammon hearken not unto the words of Jeff, Jeff of Jehol, which he sent them. Mm. Yeah, that little sentence just essentially meant like, huh, what? And, and the people still weren't convinced by this argument. And yeah, gee, I wonder why. I wonder why they weren't convinced by all that really condescending, um, like terrible argument. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehol, and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh and passed over Mizpah of Gilead and from Mizpah of Gilead he passed over unto the children of Ammon. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into my hands. Get ready, guys. This is, this is awesome. If you, weren't, if you were ta- like tuning me out um, before, like I'm calling attention. I need a bell or something like ding. Hey, guys, if you weren't paying attention, this is good. Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. (laughs) Oh, my God, that is so awesome. I think I'll read through it before I exactly... Yeah, here, let me read through what happens. So Jehol passed over on the children of Ammon to fight against them. And the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he smote them from error, even until thou come to Mineth, even twenty cities. 
and unto the plain of the vineyards with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. And Jehol came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances, and she was his only child. Beside her he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass, when he saw her, that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me, for I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. Okay. <laughs> this is so epically stupid. I can't even... In case you didn't follow that, Jehol made a vow to God saying, Look, if you, dear Lord, if you, deliver, if you help me beat these people, when I come home, the first thing that comes out of the door to greet me, I will kill it and offer it to you. Like, what kind of... And then he comes home to his, <coughs> his only daughter, by the way, comes out and he's surprised by this. He's like, oh, what? What? Oh, you, my daughter, my only daughter that I have came out to greet me. What do, oh, oh, no. How, how did, who would have seen that coming? Oh, woe is me. My only daughter that lives, you know, I had like a 50-50 chance, I guess, if his wife still lives with him. You know, I think maybe what happened is he actually was just like, he just really hates his wife, you know? And maybe maybe his daughter was like off at college or something and, and came home for a surprise visit. So he's like, He's like, oh, God, mm, you deliver this army to me. And, ooh, the first person out of all the possible people to come out of my door, I'm, oh, I will offer my wife, I mean that person, to you. And then he comes home and his daughter surprises him. And he's like, what the, damn it. Or, you know, like it's either that or, or maybe he, he like, I don't know. who. I just want to know, who. what was he expecting? Like the dog or something? Or like the PG&E guy? Or maybe... Maybe he, like, called Comcast and scheduled them to do repair, you know? But little did he know they come between the hours of, like, 7 a.m. and 200,000 p.m. Like, that that's how specific they are. Um, so, yeah. I don't know what, what his plan was there. Monumentally stupid. Monumentally stupid. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which hath proceeded out of thy mouth. Um... Unto the Lord, uh, sorry, for as much as the Lord takes vengeance, hath taken vengeance for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what she said. Oh, dearest father, I understand. Please, by all means, kill me for an absolutely no reason for a God that doesn't exist. And even if he did, probably wouldn't at all ask you to do this ever. Kill me for a promise that no one even prompted you to make in the first place. And then she's like, Hey, Dad, come to think of it, just little advice, little advice. Next time you are vowing things to God, um, why don't you just maybe like bid a little lower, you know, and then meet God in the middle or something? Why not promise, start with something easy, like uh, like God, if you deliver me this army, I'll plant a tree or or like litter less or something, you know, just... And then if God says, like, oh, I think I'm going to need a little more commitment out of you. I'm going to need you to up the ante. Then maybe, maybe then ease your way up into murdering members of your family. But just next time, in case you have other children, uh, dearest father, uh, why don't you just start a little lower on the totem pole of sacrifices? You know, just uh, maybe don't go right for the unprovoked. Did God ask you to do this, by the way? Uh 
did did he did he say like I'm gonna need you to like promise me something really really costly? Did he say that? Did he talk to you? Did he specifically say? This is so stupid. So I'm, I can't even continue with this scene. It's so dumb. <sighs> All right, moving on. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, that I may go up and down the mountains and bewail my virginity, I and my fellows. And he said, Go. And he sent her away for two months. And she went with her companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed. And she knew no man. And it was custom in Israel. So, yeah, I think she probably told her father once when she realized like this was just how it was going to be. She's like, okay, father, if you're going to kill me, um, can you let me go for a few months, uh, go away? Uh, I need to, see, the thing is, I, I think I need to go bewail my virginity a bit. I need to go just tell everyone about it just a little bit, just for just a little bit. But really, she's like, screw this. If I'm... <laughs> If I'm going to die, I am effing every single guy I can find. Like, And then, you know, like she comes back. Daughter, how was your time away? Oh, great. I mean, uh, I mean, greatly sad. Just I was great, grieved. Grievous. 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 Um, I just, you know, I just took, took some time and just, ooh, I just bewailed that virginity of mine. Oh, yeah. No, I, I bewailed the crap out of it. You've never heard <clears throat> so much virginity bewailed. Oh, that this body will never know the love of a man. Oh, dear me. I just... Anyway, let's get this over with. So, uh, uh, it was custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of the Gileadite four days in a year. That's the end. Sorry, I feel like this podcast was a little rushed, guys. I'm, I'm, I, I apologize for that. I... Really, it's it's really late, and I thought I could get it done sooner, but that was a freaking solid hour of talking. Um, so it's too late now. I'm not going to undo it, but maybe I'll just slow it down by half. Um, so it'd be a two-hour podcast of that. I'm sure you'd get through it. Uh, yeah, no, so sorry if it was a bit fast. I just, it's really late and I tried to get through it. And, um, yeah, it was, it's so stupid. I feel like I, I didn't quite do it stupidity justice, but hey, that's why you subscribe to my YouTube and, uh, which can be found by going to the website or to my Facebook or, or, or whatever. Uh, and, and then when I get to the video version of this one, it'll be shorter. It'll be, I'll spend a little more time on a couple key points and that'll be that. So that's my podcast for now. And thank you guys so much for listening and, and, uh, please like my Facebook page and I will see you next time.